Hey everyone, it's Carla Muller and Sam Owen here on Bullshit and Bravery, your podcast aimed to improve mental well-being in our primary sector through sharing real experiences. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Waikato Rural Support Trust, for funding this pilot, which includes six episodes. The views shared in this podcast are those of the hosts and the guests, not the Waikato Rural Support Trust. The content discussed in this podcast may be triggering and relate to mental health challenges such as depression, postnatal depression, anxiety and suicide. Please seek help if you're triggered by any of the content in these podcasts. Our next guest, Mvanui Alexander, farms a 900 cow farm up in the Waitaki Valley in North Otago. This is her third season contract milking on this farm. She originally came to New Zealand as part of her work experience at university and fell in love with the dairy industry in New Zealand. Nearly 17 years later, after a winding road that meant she had to totally restart her career nine years ago, Navanri is still passionate about the sector and even more so about our rural communities. Navanri is also a mother to two teenage girls to add to the fun and daily juggle. As part of the wish to give back to the sector, Mavanui has a number of roles, including a regional leader for Dairy Women's Network, provincial president for North Otago Federated Farmers, and a member of the side governance group. Mavanui, how are we? I'm good today. Thank you very much. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us. We're obviously rolling out this podcast as a way to help share experiences and understand people's stories in the rural mental health space, and hopefully people can have a chance to learn from that. So why don't you kick us off by just kind of walking us through your journey with mental health? Yeah, so thank you very much for having me on. It's something that I think I'm so passionate about. It's so important because without good people in a good mind space, we're not going to get very far in our industry at all. And there's a lot of fun stuff and challenging stuff coming up in the next 10 years. So um, yeah, keen for everyone to be in top form heading into it and look after our people. As you said in the introduction there, Sam, I started off in the UK, as you did. Wasn't from a farming family, but got a passion of about 11 years old, decided that I wanted to be a farmer. And so went hell-bent at that career and um, was part of studying ag at uni. A chap came out and offered us a chance to come to New Zealand and do work experience. So I got on the plane, came over here, thought, why not? I love the All Blacks. Got over here and um, next minute I was I was in love with the place, couldn't wait to get back. So I went back, finished my degree and straight back on a plane and that was 17, almost 17 years ago. So for me, there's been a lot of ups and downs over the last 17 years, some pretty tough times in there. And so mental health has been something that I've had to learn to manage and to work out because everyone is so different and what works for one person doesn't work for another. And I've had to really proactively look for what what is actually my triggers, what sets me off and what is a good day and what's a bad day and what I can do to make sure that I have more good days than bad days. Cool. And along that journey, like you said, and we've said this a few times on the podcast, no one's journey is the same and no one's triggers are the same and no one's kind of recovery is the same. How early on did you realize that, you know, those triggers and how early on did you realize how to reverse those bad days or or take the winds out of those bad days? Yeah. So most people know me as a extremely positive person. I always portray a pretty positive exterior, but that often hides what people are dealing with on the inside. So about nine years ago, I had a pretty tough time when I was suddenly on my own with two small children in an area that I'd only moved to six months prior with a farm to run and a lot on my plate and a a dissolution of a relationship and a business and everything to work through over the next 
12 months and ever on the outside, you know, I function quite well in a crisis, but it's almost once you get through that stage and you come down the other side, I'd got a new job, things were starting to go well. And I know I wasn't my best at that job because a lot of what I was fighting in the job itself was actually fighting the lack of control that had then come into my life with what had happened. And so for me, it was to take a step back to look at that and be able to reflect and go, okay, this isn't what you're dealing with today. This is not what's actually setting you off. You need to take a minute. You need to go have a little cry or or work through whatever it is in, you, in whatever way and then come back to this fresh. Don't bring the other stuff into the current now and don't let it ruin it that. I think a lot of farmers can relate to that too. You know, we all run on adrenaline and we're all pretty high functioning people. And so we'll be running and running and running. And then all of a sudden, as you say, when things have reached a certain point, be that for you a week or six months or whatever it might be in your situation, and you start to come down from that adrenaline high, that's when things can really start to hit rock bottom. How did you, you know, what support structures did you have in place to manage that? Well, to be honest, for me, there really wasn't much around because I was on the other side of the world from all my family. My family all still live back in Wales and England and well, all over the world now, but at the time, and I was new to the area, but I was really lucky here in Duntroon that I moved into a great community who'd always sort of just have enough of an eye on you. They'd know when you were getting quiet, you hadn't, they hadn't heard from you or seen you out and about and they'd drop in and they'd talk to you and someone drop a cake on your doorstep or just come in for a cuppa, stop in the yards and talk to you. Cause it's quite a lonely job farming, even when you're in a team on a big farm. So to be honest, it was all the people around you. It wasn't any sort of paid person that would sort things out. I mean, I had counseling, I've been to therapy, I've done all that. But yeah, it was definitely the people around who saved the day. We are very lucky in a lot of our rural communities that we have those support structures. And I think it's important that we manage to continue those. And so it's, you know, it's heartening to see you doing work with groups like Jerry Woman's and and Feed Farmers to help build and maintain those networks, right? Because they're so critical. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in you keep topping up the pot because you don't know when you're going to need it. And I sort of came to an area and suddenly needed them without having put anything into the pot, shall we say. So I now try to make sure that I am trying to contribute as best I can in some small way to ensuring the survival of our rural communities so that they can keep doing this for other people. I love that analogy. Yeah, I think the pot analogy is always a good one, right? You never know when you have to go into the pot, you know, to empty it out, to just top up your tank, because that's what happens, right? You you don't actually carry your reserves. Your reserves are the people around you. They're the ones that top you up. Those are the ones that carry you over the line when you need to. And I think those reserves are not called on enough. You know, we all get caught down the back of the farm without the bike having any fuel, but there's always a reserve there. Yeah. <laughs> and some of us and I'm going to incriminate myself here, forgot to forget to flick it back over and you think you're going to just run on. But that's when you hit rock bottom, right? It's when you've used the reserver and forgot to top it back up. Yeah. And you're so right. Our rural communities are essential in that they are the reserve. They are the ones you call on when you can't get back from the back of the farm, so to speak, in a metaphorical sense. Oh, 100% agree. And so for me, it's been a huge learning curve in asking for help. So to start with, I was so determined not to be that single parent, you know, who was constantly requiring everyone else to chip in. But over time, I've realized that actually people love helping and I always want to help everyone else. And people have said to me, why do you keep apologizing for asking for help? We want to help. We know you will help at a drop of a hat for our kids. You'll do anything you can. So just let us all be part of the team. And, you know, 
some good friends sort of gave me a bit of a stirred word on that really and said, just let us help. And ever since I've just let that go, it's amazing. It's amazing what people can do for each other if they just allow each other to help really. Yeah. Asking for help is definitely a huge barrier. And as you say, you know, particularly when your situation gives you a bit of stigma around that, be that as a single mum or whatever you've, you know, story you've told yourself. So I'm glad you had your friends around you that managed to give you that stern word, because to be fair, more of us probably need it at times. (laughs) Definitely. Sometimes softly, softly approach works to a point, but when you need to be have a shake-up as such or a bit of a slap across the face, so to speak, it, that <laughs> sometimes works, but it's it's the timing that's always, you know, sometimes a push or a shove in the wrong direction can sometimes mean more harm than good. But it's, like you say, again, it's different approaches from different people. In a the community, there might be 20 different people or 30 different people that approach you, and each one's got a different way of doing it. It might be via text, phone, cake on the doorstep, could be discussion group, could be just even hopping over the fence and winding up the fence because you didn't have time to, you know. It's it's that whole different shape and form. And in the rural communities, we're all aware of what a timely manner of things could happen, you know, like pregnancy testing and things like that. When you need an extra hand or the cows have gone the wrong way down the farm and you can't turn them but your neighbour's just there at the right time. Yeah, and it just gets catches you back. Well, when you mentioned there about discussion group, a group of us decided a couple of years ago, and we've, we've sort of slipped a bit lately, but we need to get back into it. We were having quite regular discussion groups. The Dairy and Z ones have sort of disappeared from this area for various reasons. And the first year I was on this farm, so I'm now in my third season, so a couple of years ago, it actually got to about October, November, and I was really struggling. I had a lot of pressure on me, the farm owner, the consultants, my own personal pressure because I wanted to do a good job because I was proving this point that women could do, could be a contract milker on their own without their partner. You know, I had all this I was trying to do, plus being a mother to two young girls, you know, and I put a lot of pressure on myself. There were some weather issues and things like that. And I was just feeling quite miserable. And then I ended up speaking to the neighbor next door and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going through exactly the same. My production's just crashed too. Don't worry about it. Happens quite a bit here. And I suddenly realized if I'd had that conversation (laughs) two or three weeks ago, four weeks ago, if I'd been talking to him regularly instead of just folding in on yourself and trying to work harder and harder to fix these ideas, which you can't change Mother Nature, like grass is going to go to seed. You just have to deal with it. So how do you, having been through this experience, how do you look out for people in your community now? You know, how do you identify those who might be struggling and what do you do to support them? Yeah, it's always a tricky thing. I think you just have to kind of keep an eye on what the norm is with people. So you know what people are normally like, you know how they normally go, and maybe they just need a call or a message. And I'm British, so we do have that sort of reservedness. We don't like to get into other people's business. You know, I'm trying to fight that. But just say the nice thing you're thinking. Say the thing that's out there. You know, someone drives past your farm and texts you and say, oh, the cows look amazing. That residual looks great. Just say it. Or, oh, here the kids did really well at such and such. Say the nice thing because you don't know what that impact is. You don't know what's going on in their life. You can't be across everything. So if you just try to be positive and helpful at all times, yeah, hopefully your message will land with someone who needed it. Cool. So through your journey, through what you've been through, what would be, say, let's go three tips that you could give someone to say, you know, what has helped you build resilience, which is a term that I'm not totally on board with, but but a 
put you in the right area to start building a mental health plan moving forward and what has helped you on incoming help that you've received off other people? Yeah, so I guess on the terms of advice I've received from other people, one that actually uh, the lady I was going to see, a therapist I was seeing at one stage when the, the shit was really hitting the fan, to use a slightly crude term, was imagine all the negative thoughts are monkeys. They're just running around in your head. Pause, acknowledge them, and then put those monkeys on a raft and send them down a river and say, I don't need to be dealing with that right now. Off you go and then focus on something far more enjoyable to you because you can fixate on something that is actually not that important, which then takes me on to something that I've learned to do over the years. I seem to have to make these revelations via living through it for a few years before I work it out. But we're not as important in other people's lives as we think. So the thing that we that is eating us up and that we're really stressed about either telling our farm owner or phoning the bank about or phoning the farm consultant about or the accountant is actually not that big a deal to them. So just getting it out there immediately relieves so much of the stress and worry you have. If it's just phone you, I've got this amazing accountant now and I'll just be like, everything's a shambles, Jess. I don't know. <laughs> like, help me out. Why has it got into this mess? And she'll be like, right, step one, two, three, let's do that. Done. Taken care of. Stop panicking. And it's just amazing. So I guess that's a shared problem. Shared is a problem halved really, isn't it? But things are not as big as you think they are in your head. Something that uh, last year I was pretty miserable about this, or about probably four weeks earlier, but this time last year, I've been working really hard. I was smashing some goals on the farm, but I was really not feeling the positive feedback. And I am a millennial, so we were used to participation awards. So um, we do appreciate that positive feedback. And when you don't, when it's not forthcoming at all, it's really hard to keep going when you've been 18 months slogging your guts out to try and meet the goals that are set by someone else for you. So what I decided, I was like, right, I have had enough. This person and this situation is not going to give me the validation and appreciation I want. I'm going to set my KPIs. I'm going to set what I want to achieve. And I'm going to run with that. I'm going to keep going with the fact. I'm going to keep hitting all my targets I need to do because those are my KPIs as well. You know, I want good production. I want good pasture quality. But... It's going to be coming from me and the control is from me. And just taking back the control of that situation really gave me a sense of purpose. And the following well, 11 months of 2023 were a lot better. And I was able to deal with a lot of tricky situations so much better. Nice. Just one kind of final question from me. You said you, well, we said in the intro that you've got two teenage girls. How do you build resilience or whatever you want to call it, you know, robust mental well-being into them? Obviously, they were around when you've gone through some real tough times. They will have seen seen their mum go through that. How do you, you know, have those open conversations and start to build some of those tools for them? <laughs> well, my oldest rose now, so that pretty much builds resilience, if nothing else does. <laughs> uh, Sport, yeah. But, yep, yep, yeah, and there's nothing like rowing, but it's a hell of a schedule. No, I always encourage them to reach for their goals and strive for them. Um, I've been really honest the whole way along. They see mum in tears uh, in an evening. I try not to put too much on them, but, you know, and well, what's that, mum? I've just had enough. Like, I just can't keep going. You're going to have to help. I've been honest. You know, when things have been extremely financially tight, I've just said, look, we can't do that. Like, that's, that's just a lot of money. We'll do something else. We'll 
go camp down by the river, you know. We'll we'll have a few days up at the lakes, but just visiting, you know. We can't go stay or, or fun things like that. I guess just honesty with your kids. I think too much we think we have to bubble wrap our children and keep them away from reality. But I think a, a moderated dose of reality is probably the best way. And they also um, work with me on farm quite a lot. And they'll be like, Mom, I've had enough. Mom, I want to go home ever since they were little. And I was like, I want a Ferrari, mate. We don't have that. So we've got to pull our bootstraps up. You want a good life? We work hard for that life. And then we enjoy it. Yeah. And kids are sponges, right? Kids just absorb. You don't realize they're living with you. They're in the same house, right? So no matter how much we might try to hide it, they're going to pick it up anyway. So you may as well do it in in an open way. And when you get to teenagers like I've got, they're very blunt very blunt about it and quite often I get called upon dad are you really you know ticking all the boxes in your mental health game at the moment because you know you've forgotten about this or you called me someone else's name and I was like did I and they were like see you can't even remember it and I'm like okay all right let's let's revisit it but hopefully you try and install that an open and frank conversation and like you say you can't wrap them in bubble wrap and again I think what they absorb, not just from within the house, but outside the house, and then come back to and and put it into their own lives is what you have to then help them deal with moving forward. And having that robust discussion when it comes to mental health is how they get through some of the stuff they absorb outside of the house. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think like our sole job, isn't it, as parents is to set them up for success in life like life's not great, like it's not perfect. You're going to have all sorts of issues, run into all sorts of troubles. So you've got to just set them up to be able to pick themselves back up and keep going. Yeah, totally agree. Thank right. you. So we're going to lift the spirit a little bit. And so we're going to throw some rapid fire questions at you. So it's just instantaneous answers. None of them are going to be, you know, you're not going to be held to account if you choose the wrong one. I'll go first. So are you a vino or a beer? Probably a vino, a river tea, a rosé would be hard to beat. Nice, very specific. Cat or dog? Oh, dog all the way. I've got a Jack Russell, so we can't have cats. Are they actually a dog, though? <laughs> you want to you wanna take that up with the Jack Russell? <laughs> They'll fight you on it. <laughs> uh, milking cows or driving tractors? Milking cows. <laughs> and steak or lamb? Ooh, probably a good lamb roast, I think. Right. And the last one is beach or lake? Oh, easy. Lakes. Got to be a lake where she is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you guys have beaches down there, do you? No. But, and we don't have that many good beaches in the UK. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mavanwi, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Bullshit and Bravery today. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty and thank you for everything you do in the way of Dairy Women's Network, Federated Farmers and your noodle enterprise because you weren't busy enough in the first place, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, just got to keep myself hectic. Thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure and we've really enjoyed all the messages that you've had to share with us. Thank you. It was lovely to chat with you both. Good luck with the podcast. I love what you're doing. Well, that was a, a great catch up with Mavanri Carla, and she had lots of information and lots of things that she, you know, really pushes her along and uh, helps with her mental health. What were some of your key takeaways there? So probably the the biggest one for me was the importance of community. So both being able to tap into that community when you need it and asking for help and also being able to look out for the others in your community. And I really like the way she put it around 
keep an eye on what's normal and when it's not normal for anyone in particular, that's when you know you can, you know, ask if you can help a bit more or, you know, turn up with a cake or whatever it might be. So knowing who's in your community, knowing what their normal is and then being able to see when they're, they're not at normal was really important. And probably the other one for me, I really enjoyed the discussion around how you how you manage your mental health around your children. Obviously, I've got a young child, so hopefully, you know, a little bit down the track for me. But I think it's so important, you know, as farmers, we're, you know, such a stiff upper lip, don't let anyone see you struggling. But actually, if we want our kids to go into farming or if we, you know, just want to have a happy, healthy family, it's actually important to be able to share your struggles. I like the way she put it as a, in a moderated way. You know, there's there's some things that maybe you can shield them from a little bit, but don't hide all of the emotion and all of the struggles from them. Yeah, that little bit of bubble wrap sometimes needs to have a place. But I think, yeah, I, I agree that's quite a good, you know, kids are sponges, like I said. They just absorb a lot of things. Mine was, um, one of my takeaways was say the nice thing. Sometimes we just, you know, bite our tongue because we might seem it to be a bit cheeky or a little bit kind of uncomfortable. But, you know, that nice comment or that positive comment might actually, you know, pick someone up for the day or build a bit more confidence in what they're going to do next. And also a um, little reference there about the monkeys on the raft going down the river. Um, <laughs> yep. I, I think some of us sometimes, you know, stockpile these bad thoughts and that bad thought kind of snowballs into, you know, more. But if you can put them on the raft and send them down the river, so to speak, with great happiness, you can free yourself of a bit of that burden. Yeah, someone used to say, um, actually I think it might have been through Agri Women's, you know, not my monkeys, not my circus, you know, being able to, you know, differentiate what's a problem you actually can control and influence and what's yeah. a problem you can't control or influence and knowing which ones to spend your time on and the other monkeys, not your monkeys, not your circus. Yeah, nah, cool. Obviously another one who's, you know, passionate about the industry wants to give back and I think, you know, that giving back is a recurring theme yeah. of recharging your own batteries but also helping other people within the industry you know move forward as well yep at the end of the day that's why we're all here right exactly right we're not here forever so we may as well um get the next generation or the next one coming through to help us grow the industry that we all love and so next episode so um this is the end of episode three and episode four who have we got coming up then sam well we've got a bit of a rock star of uh, adam adam thompson um and most people know him is a bit of a restore native guru and a bit of a plant guru, but um, he's also a mate of mine who's uh, who's very passionate about the people he employs and um, intertwining what goes on on the farm into a bigger picture to help the larger community and ha- help the countryside grow and and beautification. And he gets a lot of um, a good positivity out of that. So it'll be interesting to see his journey and, and how he frames that. But, yeah, Adam Thompson's our next guest on Bullshit and Bravery. Fantastic. And I've heard some rumours that he likes to take ice baths as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to asking him about those and what the what the benefits of those are. Yeah, I think there's, there's probably a few more rumours around the ice baths and, and how good he is at making cocktails, but we'll uncover some of those <laughs> in the next episode. Perfect. Looking forward to it. Stay tuned. And in the meantime, you can search us on the Facebook page, Bullshit and Bravery. Get in touch with Sam or I, or just stay tuned for the next episode dropping. Yep. Bye, guys. Thank you very much for listening and if you need help or support, please reach out to your local Rural Support Trust on 0800 787 254 or text 1737 or reach out to the Mental Health Foundation. Once again, thank you to the Waikato Rural Support Trust for the support of this podcast. 
please like our Facebook page, Bullshit and Bravery, and don't forget to listen to the next podcast episode. Get in touch if you have any feedback for us or if you're interested in being a guest.